I don't think uh, there is a director currently working who could is could be sort of the next successor in that um, in, in the the ultimate auteur filmmaker bracket. Perfect, perfect decision <clears throat> there. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, don't I mean there's me someone I'd like to say, but oh, well, yeah. oh God, no, go on, you say because get... no, 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 because you, you'll definitely be like no. Obviously not. We know who it is. We so. know who it is. Um, um, yes. Yeah. No, sorry. Uh, um, o- overrated. Um, <laughs> ri- uh, overrated people who rip off other directors um, don't count. Um, but that reminds me, actually. Um, Well, this is a bit of an unusual one because we watched the films feels like ages ago. It's got to be six months ago now. Do you think? Yeah, because it was when uh, when it was very sunny. Wow. So, yeah, it's got to be at least five, six months now. Yeah. And we weirdly, yeah, we did watch them all in a row. With the intention of doing the podcast, doing the podcast. <laughs> of doing the podcast straight away, <laughs> and then we just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, that does sound like that does sound like me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that straight also to. sounds like me in that I uh, probably uh, just com- immediately changed my mind and said, "Let's do Jurassic Park instead." <laughs> yeah. We were like, uh, "No, may- maybe we'd done Jurassic Park." So that was what yeah. August September. I, was it that we we was it that because it was so early on we didn't want to start with like we one of our one of our first podcasts to be about so dreary war films <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> not not really like the yeah. the most um, uh, positive of subject matter that's what, whereas things like Jurassic Park and Back to the Future have more of a they're a, whimsical appeal. Yeah. yeah oh yeah they got a wider appeal yeah. than uh, than Apocalypse Now Platoon and Full Metal Jacket yeah especially the first and last romantic comedies for all the family yeah. <laughs> um, uh, suitable for all ages that's it you know you know when the you're watching uh you know in the in the 90s when you put in that land before time vhs the the trailers beforehand were these three yeah, yeah. exactly popular so- on a, a of an afternoon <laughs> an after school movie with your spaghetti hoops and your turkey dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, can't have, can't have on, turkey twizzlers now. Got a full we? metal jacket. Putting, uh, showing our age a little bit there. Um, oh, but, oh dear, yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, these... So I'm personally quite fascinated by the Cold War uh, as a time period. I know it's probably what you're looking at, five decades. And then obviously Vietnam as a war in that period is a bit of a turning point. So obviously it starts right after World War Two, and then the mistrust of the American public of its government kind of starts around the time of the Vietnam War. And it's a, it's a time period where I'm really fascinated by. Mm. Hence why I think, I'm not sure whether I was intended to watch all three of these films quite close together. But I definitely intended to watch all these films. Mm. Um, I think uh, I would have uh, 
if if I was just watching Vietnam films, I definitely would have gone for other uh, films, honourable mentions to films like We We Are Soldiers. Yeah. Or We Were Soldiers. Yeah. I'd never uh, get that title right. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is it? We, we were, were soldiers. soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and other films that are not, because these three movies were released uh, all within about seven or eight years of each other so they were quite close together and they were obviously of the time as well mm. so it's, mm. it's not like they've you know with uh, films that came out a lot later you know where we, we were soldiers coming out in the 2000s you know you've had a lot of time to reflect on that time period whereas mm. you know especially with uh, one of the films which was directed in the 70s Apocalypse Now I think Apocalypse Now yeah I think that was first yeah it's it, the war is still prevalent and still going on so we've chosen those three as uh, you know great Vietnam war films mm. to, to look at doesn't really discount that there are others but it's more because it was of the yeah. time. Well, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people could argue, like, films, again, honourable mentions, like The Deer Hunter oh, yeah. and Good Morning Vietnam. Of course. Um, should be up there. And I agree, they absolutely should. But for me, um, those films like The Deer Hunter is only partially set in Vietnam. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's mainly a sort of character study of yeah. the sort of effects, yeah, of course. isn't it? Yeah, Um and also, and you know, Good Morning Vietnam. Again, it's it's more about Robin Williams's character's story rather than the war. Yeah, it's more about the radio broadcast. Yeah. So, as as much as I think those two films are just as good as these, and re- I just think that these three films for me are better Vietnam films. Yeah. Not necessarily better films. Oh yeah, and the yeah. Deer Hunters just is amazing. They all have their their place, but I think we chose these three because of how close they were to the time mm. and the subject matter themselves. Yeah. Um. Again, a case could be made for a Deer Hunter, but um. Yeah, I just feel like these these ones are the the they're the go to as well. You That's know? right. Like if you if you're uh, even if you're told to think about Vietnam war films you're thinking of scenes from these three films exactly they're the first thing that probably pops into your head um as well as um what's the soul <laughs> I mean oh um it's not the end by the doors no 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 um riders on the storm no it's uh is it Oh, what's that? It's, oh, do you mean the the classical piece of music from Platoon? The um, Adagio for strings. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, something sun, like faithful sun, or something. The, the song from the end of Live Free or Die Hard. Da 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 da. It's like a rock and roll song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what is I it know, called? I know exactly what you mean, but I can't name it. Da 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 da. Yeah. 
What there's what other song is do I whenever I hear it I always think Vietnam. It's um uh, Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a classic, man. I yeah. always think about as well. Uh, what's that? What's that one that's like? Um, do do do. It's gonna sound like Stand by Me, but it's not. <laughs> it's not Stand by. Do 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 do. It's the time of the season. Time of the season. Time of the season. By the zombies. Yeah. That is that one as well. It's always, whenever I hear that, I think, I, I literally think of that. I think of like a helicopter <laughs> yeah. flying over the fields of Vietnam. <laughs> There's so many, so many uh, songs that yeah. you, know, you you hear it. And even though you might not have even seen these films, this yeah. is how powerful they are. Hence why we're kind of talking about them. Yeah. But you, you, you'll hear them and um, you'll, you'll just get... You'll get you'll get a Vietnam flashback, yeah. Yeah. even though you you weren't there, and yeah, probably yeah, maybe exactly. maybe not have seen the film. Um, it's pretty. I mean, and you know, the Doors are one of my favourite bands yeah. of all time, and uh, um, but whenever you listen to the Doors, I mean, anything by the Doors really that yeah. makes me think of Vietnam as well, just because of the time, hmm. and 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 apparently, um, France Francis Ford Coppola. Um, he pretty much just listened to the doors non-stop when he was writing oh, really? the screenplay. Fair enough. So, um, Makes so, sense. Which is why it's, they're featured so heavily yeah, in the soundtrack. Uh, what's the What's the song that's in? Um, what's the other song that's in Platoon? So the um, the the day Joe for strings. Yeah. And that, so that's obviously in. Platoon. I think they. Uh, I think we at the time we were like, how many times are they going to use this song in this film? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, be- well, because the thing is, classical music is <laughs> is uncopyrighted now. Yeah. So, um, well, the hunt it's the hundred years rule. Yeah. Apparently, is it fifty or is it hundred? Uh, I I heard it was a hundred. Okay. Um, so anything that's over a hundred years old yeah. is license free. Interesting. So I thought, no wonder of, they use that yeah. over and over again. A lot of nineteen twenties music's going to be uh, coming yeah. out soon. So yeah, exactly. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of those things where, uh, you know, you you get to the point where you're like, it doesn't have to be in every scene. <laughs> I, I think there's another song. It was that one and another song that uh, it kept kept getting used, and I was just like, you, "You don't, you don't have to play it every scene." Yeah, it's interesting isn't it? how they how they well, it's 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 uh, how they use music, yeah, um, uh, and in the films, and I I guess that's because you know um, when the music was coming out, um, you know, it was a lot of it was sort of about vietnam oh know? yeah it was yeah like a, a, um... it was poignant uh of the the time and it was used well in these yeah. films like we're still talking about it today how you you immediately think about it there's not too many uh pieces of music that tie you so much to the time yeah 
there's obviously music that if you played it it's from the 80s or the 90s you you maybe think of different films or you think of the 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 time yeah but it, there's none that are quite so intrinsically linked to these films and the genre of films you know there's there's specific uh tracks that as soon as they start you're 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 thinking about particular movies mm. not necessarily just one or the other it's just like you're like transported completely mm. um and you know the pieces of music they're in uh, especially apocalypse now and platoon i'm not quite sure too much about full metal jacket and it might be yeah i don't remember any any songs uh, I don't, I don't, I, yeah um I, re- I i remember they they all the sol- the surviving soldiers sing Mickey Mickey Mouse yeah, at yeah. the end. But, yeah. Um. I don't. I don't remember like a, a, a like a, a popular like song that was used in the soundtrack. Really, that maybe it was a purely classical uh, traditional score. Maybe it didn't have songs in it. Um. Let's have a look. I mean, they use. They used that surfing bird, didn't they? You know the one that's in Family Guy. Oh yeah. I remember what, and obviously I know it's it was famous before that, but our generation, like that was the first time I heard it was Same. in Family Guy. Yeah. Um, and then when it when it came in here, I was just like, oh god. Oh yeah, I remember uh, these boots are made for walking. Yeah. I remember that. And as then well. see the the one song I did remember. Is literally in it. Paint it black. Paint yeah. it black by the Rolling Stones. So you know, I'd say I'd say that's probably the biggest one yeah. from that. So yeah. you know, you got three songs that are just completely that the, just completely the second you hear it, transport you back to any of those three films or that particular uh, genre at the time, late seventies, early eighties. Mm. So let's uh, which well, which one do we do? I think we watch Full Metal Jacket first. And then Platoon, and then Apocalypse Now. I can't remember. I think, yeah, I think that's... At all. Because uh, I hadn't seen... I hadn't seen Full Metal Jacket since Udi. Yeah, it'd been a while for me as well. I hadn't seen Platoon ever. And I hadn't seen Apocalypse Now in about 10, maybe just under 10 years. Yeah. Because... yeah, it was just on. It was just on TV, and I think we just we Apocalypse Now, and then we just we just rewatched it. Yeah, it, so you could catch up. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've, I'd seen them all before, but um, like with you, it had been years. Especially mm. um, Platoon. I, I think I'd only watched that once, like, you know, fifteen years ago or something. Um, yeah. So we watched Full Metal Jacket first, yeah. Which so we're going basically we're going in reverse order. So yeah. Full Metal Jacket was the most recent one, yeah, yeah. Right? The, the newest one was it eighty nine? Uh, so it was uh, 1987. Oh, 87, right? Um, yeah, like you said, we're going in kind of reverse order. Um, yeah, back into the seventies here. Yeah, full. I mean, Full Metal Jacket is a. The great thing about all of these films is they're very unique in their sort of tone and style yeah um they're not there's none of them that are um even though the subject matter is the same thing they're not similar 
really at all. Exactly. <laughs> which is kind of exactly. which is difficult. It's just as obviously it's a massive um achievement by all three directors yes. and all three kind of cast and crew. Yeah. <laughs> for it to be Absolutely. Um so they do touch on some very similar um aspects because obviously it's the same war and I feel like the the views of the directors are kind of very similar. Um but to make three very distinct films is 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 great, you mm. know. Mm. With Full Metal Jacket, I feel like because it only really takes place in um in two maybe three distinct chapters. Yeah. Um two or three distinct uh, locations as well. Um that it's I feel like this one's the most unique I agree um, which, sure. um, there's probably a better word to describe it than unique but I feel like because it's just in three very very different like I said chapters yeah no I do know what you mean it um, feels a lot yeah feels a lot different to the other two absolutely because um you get the um initial bit of the boot camp or uh, post recruitment yeah well i mean that's like half the film it is yeah yeah uh, so it's a good yeah i'd say at least one third maybe yeah uh, in between that and half the movie is uh you know the uh the the beginning before yeah. you even arrive at and you, you're right that does make it unique from the other two and stand out in that in that you 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 know half the films just their training they yeah. don't even get to Vietnam until uh, and, and 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 also the it's unusual as well because it's like it's in a way it's kind of like you're watching two different films yeah that have been tacked on yeah it feels like you're together. you're watching an initial film and then a sequel. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah, Um, Um, because like that first act. Although it it um, is a well-rounded story, like just come together. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, but it's it's also like like, it's all, but it it does feel like they're two separate stories, but they're just sort of linked by the the characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, With of I think it's Joker and Cowboy, Um, and. but yeah, I mean, nothing that happens really in the first act with at boot camp really has any impact on the story of the second act, mm. which is just about that sort of was it that that siege of that city or whatever. Just they're just trying to get from one place to the other. Yeah, I think, basically, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of how it was in Vietnam. You know, you don't know what's around, coming around the corner. Um, it's very Kubrickian, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, Especially towards the end and at the beginning. Mm. So, uh, you know, um, at the beginning of the film, during the boot the boot camp uh, kind of chapter, it's um, you're you're you are just kind of getting to know the characters, and then obviously you have that kind of like dark twist, quite. Uh, like we said, one third to halfway through the film, where uh, Vincent Gofrio's yeah. character kind of goes, um, kind of goes uh, a bit stir crazy. It kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of draws you in because it almost feels like it's a bit of a comedy at first. Oh yeah, like it's yeah. really funny. Um, it's um, <clears throat> it's not, 
it's not light-hearted, but it's also not very dark to start off with. And then, bang! Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a few. I think that's um, obviously that's uh, intentional to the to the tenth degree because it's it's just showing you the um, not not how mundane it is, but how n- normal. That that kind of behaviour can be, you know, in the boot camp where it's like, oh, the the what you're only as good as your weakest link, and then you know, uh, Matthew Modine's character is just like trying his best to help Vincent D'Onofrio's character, um, and he 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 kind of succeeds because Vincent D'Onofrio's character becomes you know quite good at you know being in the being in the <laughs> being a soldier, you know, yeah, and um. It, yeah, it just it gets really dark uh, in one one scene kind of turns. I mean, you do see underlying um, hints at you know what might happen, but it, it literally is in one scene. He's you know um, the main character, Joker. Yeah, is just patrolling the 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 mess hall, not the mess hall, I guess, but the uh, the place where they sleep, and then he just discovers. Vincent D'Onofrio's character, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone a bit mad. Yeah, and um, what a powerful scene! It is. Well. It's a great scene. Um, and because of the, um, the neutral kind of scenes before it, where there's no, there's no like horrific murder or suicide. No. Um, it makes it even more impactful. Yeah, absolutely. And then for it to uh, transition from there to, you know, I think it's like maybe a year later or, um, you know, not to skip over that scene, but it's it, it, it literally puts a, a full stop on that act of the, the movie. Mm. And then you're like, well, what else is to come? And then you get to, you get to Vietnam, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, this it's like, it's like, like I said before, I've, to me, it feels like that is a movie in itself, because mm. um, it has it has like a, a that 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 um, like like half of the film has its own like beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, it does. It has like a, a story. It does. Arc. It has an arc, and it, like most of the the main characters, you know, well, except for maybe the um, the drill sergeant, they they have a um, they have a change in character. Over the course of that arc, mm. um, but yeah, you're right. They each character kind of has an arc in that in that first first act. Yeah, and then you're like, well, what what could be possibly happening next? How do you move on from that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, because when I watched it the first time, I thought, oh, that's it. Like you wouldn't you you'd leave the army, but yeah, he, he, go, he still goes to Vietnam, and I guess he I don't think he really has a choice. Do you think? Um, do you think if Full Metal Jacket hadn't have had that um, that first act of them at boot camp, um, and and basically the whole film had been set um, in in Vietnam, do you think it would have it would have been as as good? Do you think it would have stood out? No, I don't think so. Neither do I. Because. Even though he's in it for that, just that first chapter, 
Vincent D'Onofrio is probably has the maybe the best or maybe I think he probably has the best performance mm. in it. Oh, it's been some of his best acting. So, so you know, it definitely wouldn't have been um, as good as impactful. And I don't think the uh, not to skip ahead too far, but I don't think the acts of what happens at the end of the movie would have been as impactful, even though it's a even though it's a very s- serious subject matter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think it just having two two bullet point and not to you know uh, just having those two kind of really horrific acts compounds how horrific the war in Vietnam and war in general can be because you've got one who it's like he's a recruit and he you know he doesn't take to the uh, the systems of being in the military well at all he's like obviously he's got like bad mental health and then you know he ends up uh, killing his drill sergeant and killing himself spoilers yeah <laughs> and then yeah spoilers for the end that what happens in the end just compounds the the um, the realisation um the realization that this is what war does to people. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, we'll get to we get to what happens in the end. But yeah, I don't think it would have been even half as good a film if it had just started off with Joker in Vietnam. Yeah, I mean, it does it does sort of get get into the realms of being a a, a sort of generic war film, um, you know. I think what yeah once they once they get to Nam and the focus switches to that um for me it doesn't stand out quite as much as the other two films um I mean you know like I think Platoon stands out for its utter bleakness and and feeling of despair and depression that it gives you afterwards yeah um and Apocalypse Now obviously stands out <laughs> for its for its style and its um um, you know, it's sort of cinematography and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, whereas, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that it's Stanley Kubrick, I think the second half of the film for me just sort of becomes a generic war, war movie. I feel like uh, the middle um, of the the movie kind of does bow into that, but mm. it does have, it is kind of... Um, uh, peppered with like decent um, depictions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because obviously they have that bit where they are talking to like the news crew, and it's from the the point of view of the the news crew. That's right. Whilst they're doing like um, vox pops to um, the soldiers, which I thought I thought was good. It kind of comes a little bit out of left field, but um, it's good. Mm. Um, and then as you get towards the end it starts getting uh, not to discredit the the middle of the film but it starts getting as good as the kind of like the beginning yeah um, yeah I mean, oh, well, I mean that whole um that whole third act where they um there's with the assassin yeah and they're trying to just get through that 
mm. decimated city. I mean, that, that, it's, it's great. It's very yeah. Oh, yeah. tense and gripping. Yeah. Absolutely great. Um, but I've seen it before and I've seen it since. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think the um, the thing that really not saves it because, again, it's not it's good like it's, it's, it's good filmmaking yeah. it's great filmmaking but um, the thing that makes it maybe um, maybe a point ahead of anything else is you know the I wouldn't say it's a twist but the reveal maybe that like the whole time that they've been uh, under siege um, you know Sniper's been taking out half of their Maybe even more of their their platoon is that it's just um, you know like a twelve year old girl. Yeah, that so, is good. I really like that. Yeah. Um, and then you know the the acting at the end where they're kind of uh, different uh, characters are coming to terms with like what they've what they've done and like what they've been doing. You know, you can kind of see it in their in their face. Some are some are like blase about it some are very uh torn about you know what to what to do because mm. you know they they get up to the the sniper's nest and uh it's revealed who's been taking out all their all their friends you know and uh it's uh what what do you do next and you know <laughs> the the next thing about that is once that you know that's over with the juxtaposition of like the the tenseness of uh, you know what to do with this uh, young child who's, you know, been killing their friends and soldiers. Is that in the next scene they're just like whistling and whistling, singing yeah. and then walking they, along. They carry on like yeah, it's um exactly that's that's what's great about the film is um, holding up the the mirror images of like what going from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um. Which is why I said it was, you know, both ends of the film, they're so good. Because it's it's immediately like you go from 100 to 0 or 0 to 100. Yeah. You know, in, in a second or in a scene. That really, I mean, makes Full Metal Jacket what, what it is. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a great film that, yeah, like you said, kind of turns a little bit I wouldn't say generic but a little bit too familiar a little bit too um similar to to other films of the of the genre at the time yeah it kind of goes out of the the kubrick or like you say kubrickian uh realms to to then going into something else but then comes right back to it to to finish I mean, I think um, as well. I, you know, f- for me, from from the Stanley Kubrick films that I have seen, mm. it's also in a in a sort of weird way his least Kubrickian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in that, you know, it's. Um, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've, I I know there are there are dozens upon dozens of incredible filmmakers, but. Stanley Kubrick is among those who, when I watch his films, I'm just like, wow, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially as you get older, when you watch, like, The Shining, for example, yeah. 
you know, I don't. When I watch The Shining now, it doesn't like scare me or anything, but I just appreciate it so much for the um, the directing yeah. more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Like the, sh- the the shots and the oh yeah, um, and all that. Um, whereas before, you know, when you're younger, you don't you don't really you don't understand like you don't understand the psychology of yeah. The Shining when you watch it for the first time as yeah. Kid, and like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Again, when I watched it when I was like uh, much younger, I was I was thinking about the story and I was just trying to I was trying to put it together and, and yeah. it confused me and and stuff. Whereas now, I just watch it and I'm just appreciate it for the the film. Yeah. The as as in I just appreciate it. exactly like you say I appreciate it for the for the um for the the just the the way it was made mm. rather than what's happening yeah yeah i can i can see what you're saying about it being the least kubrickian yeah film although there was one shot in i think it was in during the boot camp thing um i can't remember i don't i put i, put, I remember i pointed it out to you and i was like i can't remember is it the classic uh like the kubrickian stare that's like a it was something like that it was something like it was like a it was like a, a kubrickian slow tracking shot yeah but it and it, but i can't remember exactly what it he it, it did but it's it like seamlessly cut oh i wish i could remember um, i think it's when it was it was when they're in the the barracks and they're all lined up yeah and the the drill sergeant oh yes i know what you mean yeah. down yeah so from it, it just the transition is so seamless from when he turns around and then the camera starts tracking back because yes. it was tracking forward initially. yes um and, and then, it yeah. almost it almost you just don't notice it's when just, he turns around yeah it's just flawless cutting yeah to, to it's just so yeah, to perfect the, to the millimeter to the frame yeah. um yeah I, I understand what you mean yeah that's very early on in the film little things like that now at, in especially in stanley kubrick films yeah. i see that and i'm like wow but yeah. you just but you just don't notice things like that um, it was just uh I, I remember you you saying i think we went back didn't we you watched it again but i can see what you mean being less but there's not a lot more of that no no yeah you know what i mean yeah it's um with other Stanley Kubrick films, especially post two thousand and one, there's a lot. Of... As in the film, not the. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't do anything past two thousand one. But yeah, the um, yeah the post two thousand one. There's a lot more psychology to um, the films uh, of his. I mean, you could uh, yeah. you could say Spartacus has got something there as well, but the. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of uh, with two thousand one and The Shining. You're you're thinking a lot more about what's what's not going on on screen. Yeah. Whereas with this, you you kind of in a good balance. You know, there's yeah. not there's not weird stuff happening. You you don't have to worry about the supernatural um, supernatural element that he has in quite a lot of his films. You know, randomly we don't have. How three thousand turn up and just be like, I'm afraid I can't let you do that, John. Yeah. But yeah, his um, his his Kubrickness is um, is not as on show as you would you would uh, you'd probably see from films around the same same period. I mean, he didn't really make too many films. Uh, you know, he wasn't making films no, every two his, years his... after nineteen. 
his filmography is not very big. No. Um, Especially when you get into the 70s and 80s. Yeah. You're really looking at maybe two a decade. But I mean, you know, just in terms of directors, I I mean, I think he was like, he was the next Alfred Hitchcock for Mm. me, Kubrick. I, I, I don't know if we've now had like who's the next Stanley Kubrick you know for me I think it was Hitchcock and then it was Kubrick and now I don't know really I don't think in my opinion I don't think there is a director currently working who could is could be sort of the next successor in that um, in in the the ultimate auteur filmmaker bracket perfect perfect description there Yeah. yeah I don't think so um, I mean, don't I mean there's someone I'd like to say, but oh, oh yeah, oh, God, no, go on, you used to say because get... no, 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 because you, you'll definitely be like, no, obviously not. We know who it is. We so. know who it is. Um, um, Christopher yeah. Nolan. No, sorry, uh, um, overrated, um, <laughs> rip, uh, overrated people who rip off other directors um, don't count. Um, but that reminds me, actually, um, I think Michael Mann is a close is a contender. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for posts so like you'd say maybe Hitchcock for like 50s 60s I'd say Kubrick, Kubrick for 70s, 70s and 80s, and 80s Man and for, Man for 90s and noughties yeah well no I'm, I'm saying he's a contender I don't oh, yeah, personally okay. think that anyone has taken up that mantle yet understood David Fincher yeah maybe I think is another um Maybe but that's because there are a few contenders, but no real champion for that for that moniker. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. Um, yeah, I like. Here's the thing about not to go on too much of a tangent, but with Michael Mann, his films just feel different on a technical level. I think it's because he uses a higher frame rate to shoot, you- but. Oh, you can always tell you're watching a Michael Mann yeah, film. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, <laughs> shot at a higher frame rate. The lighting's pretty st- pretty natural. Yeah, you know nothing's yeah. overly overlit. Yeah, um, especially if you look at like Collateral. Yeah, I was just thinking that because <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's like dingy. Thing. I'm, or, I'm just or, like, did um, he even use a lighting? Kit? The um, the Miami Vice remake, which wasn't very good, but it was very it's Michael Mann. St- still aesthetically Michael Mann. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and that's what I mean by the the Hitchcock Kubrick thing. Yeah. Like they're not necessarily the best directors in yeah. the world, but they just have that that unique yeah visual. You can you can style. pick it you can pick it out of a lineup. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are there are other um, directors that are like that, and other cinematographers that are like that. But yeah, I feel like. Yeah, with Hitchcock and Kubrick, it's 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 very much yeah there that they were top of the game. Um, well, that, wow, that was a proper tangent. That was a bit. But of a I enjoyed tangent. it. Yeah, um, I think for me, I think Kubrick is the best director of the three. Yeah, I can. From I these can, films, I can get on board with that. Absolutely not taking anything away from of course Stone and Coppola <laughs> because they're both geniuses as well. But yeah. I, I think overall, I think Kubrick's certainly the best director um of the three although you know for me personally i think full metal jacket is out of the three it's maybe not the best vietnam war film mm. purely because half the film isn't in vietnam yeah and, and when they do get to vietnam it's not particularly it's not particularly i don't think it's as interesting as the, the the vietnam bits of the other films yes 
which yeah. I know obviously the other two are predominantly in Vietnam, but uh, yeah, but, if you were to compare yeah. the the story of what's going on, the cinematography and the you know uh, the the acting of what's going on in Vietnam, it's the it's the weakest of the three, but it's still really good. Mm. Um, so now we're going to talk about Platoon. Platoon, uh, directed by Oliver Stone. Oh, um, I really like this film. I mean, I really like them all. Yeah, it's probably of course, a terrible, course. terrible state. I mean, they are top three. Yeah. So we're we're not saying that they're not. <laughs> yeah. We're not saying that they are the three best. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah. What did you? What were your first thoughts on rewatching a platoon? Um. Well, it, um. I was um. I'll tell you what. It's it's, it's a weird one because. Um, Platoon's probably my least favourite of the three. I know oh, I've yeah. just said that Full Metal Jacket is not as good of a Vietnam War film, mm. but Platoon's probably my least favourite. But they're only saying that because, oh my god, it was harrowing. Um, the thing about, um, for me, the thing about Full Metal and Apocalypse Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, they are gritty and they are dark. But they also they're slightly romantic. They romanticize Vietnam with the sort of music and the the, the characters and yeah. the you know the smoking and the Born to Kill written on the helmet yeah. and um and the sort of you know especially Apocalypse Now it's very romantic it's oh, romantic yeah. romantic isn't it with the even though it shows the psychosis of oh war, yeah it's still it's still like wasn't vietnam cool but it's still got a cool soundtrack yeah, yeah. and it's all like smoking cigarettes yeah. and doing drugs and look how all that stuff whereas platoon for me was didn't have any of that it was proper bleak yeah and i can understand why because i think oliver stone was the most anti-vietnam of the three i mean directors. he'd been to, he, he fought in vietnam right so that's that explains it he came back from vietnam and started making films immediately afterwards not necessarily just on Vietnam, but yeah, you know, uh, they had undertones and messages about the Vietnam War or about America at the time. I mean, he's a proper, he's a very liberal vocal, hippie, yeah. anti-war, <laughs> no nukes, man. Yeah, literally. Yeah, he, uh, I just I did a bit of research on his um, on his political views. He's quite out there. Bro. Very. I mean, yeah. he made JFK. He convinced he did, yeah. that it was a, a conspiracy. You know, um, but yeah, platoon, man. I mean, I mean. Fantastic film again. The the music and the direction, um, the the performances from the actors, brilliant. Willem Dafoe and um, Tom <laughs> Berenger. Um, Charlie Sheen is yep. actually really good in this. I mean, people. I think people forget Charlie Sheen's made some he's, absolutely he's, great. He's, a, he's quite a good actor. Yeah, he's a great he, actor. I mean, he was in Wall Street. Yep. You know, um, same shame. Shame he sort of ruined his career with that god awful two and a half men but um <laughs> but it, i mean he's great and this it's you know it's it's and oh god it's bleak i mean it is really after watching that film out of the three i just felt really shit oh yeah i felt depressed um, more so than any the other two yeah absolutely which is weird because apocalypse now has some really dark subject i mean matter. apocalypse now is proper dark yeah 
and you know full metal jacket's not that much more pleasant none no. of them are pleasant no but at the end but of this is deep the other those the other two films you at least you i come away from it thinking um oh that was a good film really enjoyed that whereas this one i just i came away from it being like oh god that was horrendous um i mean honestly it was it was a i mean if there's ever a, a, a an anti-war film that is it I mean, it really does. Uh, it's extra, it's incredibly unglamorous, you know. Oh, 100%. I mean, even you know, even I'm probably going to get hate for this, but um, even Saving Private Ryan, which is considered the one of the best war films ever made, even that still has like a sort of happy, hopeful ending. Oh yeah, doesn't it? With yeah. the whole with sort of Matt Damon and he's all they like he he gets rescued and. Yeah spoilers um <laughs> so even after watching that you think oh that was a good film oh, I'm, I'm so happy that they got it they saved him yeah whereas this film it's just you just think god and i remember that um sorry to skip ahead here but that's right that shot at the i don't know if it's the final shot of the film but you just see charlie sheen at the end he's sitting in the helicopter and he's covered in mud and blood and yep. he's just like crying and he's that's how you feel after having watched this film yeah yeah let's we're all Charlie Sheen <laughs> yeah, you're, we're all Charlie Sheen we've all got moment. tiger blood and um, it's you know it's it's so it's so poignant like that, that, it, that it really doesn't have a happy ending because at the end he's just like um, he's just like although the, the war's over for him you know it will just stay with him yeah. for the rest of his life, and yeah. that's that's such a bleak thing to think about. Yep. It's just like, you know, and and nothing, nothing goes well for them in this film. <laughs> like they don't <laughs> no. like you know in Full Metal Jacket, they you know sort of they sort of some of them survive and they yeah. carry on and Apocalypse Now, but he's you know Willard, despite everything that happens to him, he does complete the mission. Yeah. Whereas in this film, it's just everything just goes wrong for them. And it's just, it, it just ends on such a grim note. Yeah, really, really grim. It, they basically, I mean, well, obviously we know that we know that America lost that war to the Viet Cong, but the, the this the, the platoon, they just they lose. Yeah, they lose the you know, the, the, and so yeah, it's just it starts like it does kind of start quite similar to Full Metal Jacket but just obviously in different scenarios because Charlie Sheen he, he arrives in Vietnam and he is not having a good time like at all yeah. you know he's not getting on with the people who are supposed to be his quote unquote brothers Yeah, you know like uh, all of these films show that soldiers are not cohesive mm. you know absolutely they're, they're not like all oh, because they're in the same uh unit platoon military um doesn't mean that they like each other you know and because they're in such a confined space um at all times with each other that tempers you know flare yeah and when it's such a an extreme you know, it's not like you or you're having a bit of a, a tiff with someone outside of a club or a bar. It's like you're both in a very heated situation of war. So everything's like dialed up to 11. 
And um, I think Platoon is um, probably one of the better examples of that realism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of, you know, they fight constantly. You know, they threaten to kill each other. Um, I think, doesn't Charlie Sheen get injured in this one? Um, I, and then I, he comes back to Active Duty or something? I can't remember. Does he get shot? I think he does, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're right. The none more so than this film. Like, I, I, especially the, with the sort of heavy... Basically, half the platoon are sort of... These are, are like hippie, pot-smoking liberals who, are, who like, are very empathetic, to, especially towards the local people and stuff. And then the other half of the platoon are these sort of, you know... Um, uh, whiskey swigging sort of um, uh, jughead yeah. jocks. Oh yeah, there's definitely um, a good uh, a good yeah. insight into like factions. And you can tell which of the two Oliver Stone is uh, <laughs> exactly uh, identifies with because, because the, the hippies overthrow the jugheads. The hippies are very much portrayed very much as being the good guys, yeah. and the the jugheads are very much portrayed as being complete and our assholes yeah. without any re- redeeming <laughs> no literally features. Yeah, um, pretty much, pretty sure the the, the jugheads um, threaten to kill most of the hippies anyway. Well, they, I mean, they they they, they uh, Tom Berenger's character, who's sort of the villain, mm. he does murder. He does. Uh, Willem Defoe. Um, another spoiler there, sorry. Um, so I like that. I like the internal conflict um, element of, of that story. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it, but, but I, I mean, God, it's harrowing. Um, it's a really hard watch, I have to admit. I don't think I'll watch it again in, in any time soon. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not um, one where you're just like, oh, it's Sunday, let's watch Platoon. No. No, I don't think I would. E- I would ever watch it again unless it was for a specific reason, like you know, like the podcast, yeah. like or if I had, to, you know, if, if I don't know, if someone really I knew really wanted to watch it for some reason, but I can't. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Oh, of course, because it's you know culturally we're recommending all these things. significant, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, but yeah, it's it's bleak and harrowing and uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in I mean, I guess in a way. You, you, oh, I, I do remember actually just something a bit more positively. Um, I do remember saying, and I still think this. I th- I think out of the three, I think Platoon is the best Vietnam War movie. Yeah. Um, because because it's so bleak and harrowing and depressing, and it has a doesn't have a. a Nothing goes right. Although it's dramatised, it does feel like something that's a lot closer to realistic. Yes. Uh, closest to the realism of the it war. It does. Yeah. Because the other two, although they have um, horrific stuff that happens, um, it kind of feels like some scenes are done for more dramatic purposes than to kind of relay what it was realistically like. Yeah. Whereas Platoon is its main goal, although to to entertain you, is to let you know what it was like the bleakest Yes. At the bleakest points what it's like. Absolutely. Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket are great films. But um 
there's there's a cinematic uh, you know drama driven yeah. plot behind them they feel more like sort of character studies oh yeah with vietnam being the backdrop the setting yeah of of their story well the Whereas... apocalypse now is a is a book but it's setting is different i think it's africa at the turn of the century yeah, that's it, yeah. or world yeah, maybe world war one whereas whereas yeah whereas platoon i mean vietnam is at is very much at the foreground of yeah. of, of it's not just the setting for you know a character yeah individual story yeah um, like Joker in Full Metal Jacket or Willard yep. in Apocalypse Now. I re- I know that Charlie Sheen is is the main protagonist, but you know, hence obviously the name of the the, the film is about the whole platoon and it's about their experiences Off of the, the war. war. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do, that's a good that's a good point. It, it, um, you know, it's I do agree. It's the it's the most Vietnam. I mean, I can't remember Vietnam what any of the characters' it. names are. Off the top of my head, no. But uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter. The, no, because you, you're because it's just because it's, it's more about the the experience yeah. rather than just who those people are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we exactly, and um, so we and we don't really get in this film. We don't really get an in depth char- uh, sort of look at, at the at the at the characters or their personalities yeah. because it's more about their. Um, their their experiences it's more about the yeah i'd say other than maybe charlie sheen because he's the protagonist exactly um, you don't you don't you're not really looking at the psyche of like every other character yeah um even the antagonist um or willem defoe's character um you know they're fleshed out but they're not you're not having to do a deep dive into yeah yeah uh, every uh, facet of or every emotion of those characters yeah um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. It's the most Vietnam, Vietnam film. I mean, I know, um, I, I know that it's, um, uh, I know that it's, it's, it's greatly spoofed. Um, but you know the sort of um, the there's a the famous shot of, I think it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah. After he's run out of the jungle, being shot at, and yeah. they're leaving in the helicopters. And he just raises his arms up in slow motion with Adagio for strings playing in the background. I mean, yes, I know that has that is now that would if we that would seem very cliche, and it has been spoofed to death. Yeah. But, but when you still see it, it's still emotional, uh, it's still it, impactful, and it really does. I still love it. But... It, it really does sum up that 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 film and the war. Uh, bleak, hopeless. Yeah. Because uh... he's it's like he's just crying out to the skies, like yeah. you know someone come get me yeah like. and he and he's cut he's been shot and he's covered in blood and mud and he's just yeah. like screaming up to the heavens yeah and yeah i just that shot I just such think, a great emotional um full stop to yeah. the film although obviously it's not the last exact shot but it is the last it's like that is vietnam that's the last lasting image yeah well yeah, yeah. i mean they it was used on all the marketing oh, yeah, wasn't exactly, it yeah. for obvious reasons and then maybe move on to the Kind of the most recognisable, oh, yeah, of uh, the Vietnam War, war films, um, Apocalypse Now. Something that's probably only is the only film that's been parodied more yeah. than Platoon in terms of Vietnam War films. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
like I said, it's a it's a it's a book, Heart of Darkness, that was then you know kind of mutated into a similar plot, but just in the backdrop of Vietnam. And I think I think it works really well, you know. Um, but obviously, it had its complications, and I think its production is probably. Uh, as talked about as the film mm, yeah you know the um i think all of these films kind of really had their their ups and downs but none more so than apocalypse now um but it still makes for great cinema yeah you know all of the stories about um Martin Sheen Marlon Brando Francis Ford Coppola and their kind of all uh, meltdowns in their own different ways kind of like I mean yeah some of it really adds to the the film and some of it you know you can tell that it was kind of their their own living hell really I mean you know what is it um Martin Sheen was an alcoholic and had a heart attack yeah um and is actually drunk in that scene where yeah. he punches the mirror and cuts his hand open Francis Ford Coppola had a mental breakdown. Marlon Brando was overweight and refused to learn his lines, um, <laughs> which is um, which is why they had to shoot him in in silhouette. Yeah, basically, which ended up looking amazing. I know, right? It's like um, one of the most iconic film things about the movie, and and his his lines as well that he basically made up himself, like the horror and all that. Mm. Again, are iconic. So, yeah. like you said, it all worked out in a way. <laughs> And even and then there was Dennis Hopper, who was basically just on cocaine for the whole film, and Marlon Brando hated him. And again, I think there's a bit in the film where Marlon Brando just like like throws a book at his head. Apparently, that was that was real. <laughs> Coppola just oh. kept it in the movie. It's just, it's like a perfect storm, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, they should make a film. I'm pretty sure they have. No, I don't. But not, not like no, a, documentary. Not a documentary. I mean, a, 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 <laughs> like a film of the make of that film. What's the, what's the? Oh, like the disaster artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, but, but yeah, but not not maybe not as where Seth Rogen plays. No, Francis no, 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 not not. I, I mean, a serious. <laughs> I mean, God, James you... Franco as Martin Sheen. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Dave yeah. Franco as Dennis Hopper. Um, but yeah, um. I know what you mean. Yeah, that would be interesting, um, to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, it it really does. It's it's really a good. It's a really good ode to filmmaking can be such chaos, but that like so much good can come out of it. Mm. I know I'm not I'm not really an advocate for like making your actors suffer for the art. Um, but the, if they do, then you know this could happen where the film is a really big tremendous success and not only like oh commercial or critical but you know it's still still really revered today as like a a great film um but yeah it's just is you can't really talk about the film without talking about the production uh yeah just it sounded like it was a, a bit of a a bit of a clusterfuck to to begin with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it Ricky really can only go one way. It can only really go downhill from there. So, um, but it's still 
a great, it's still a great film. Um, oh, I mean, it's cinematography, the action, the performances—they're all great. Like, I mean, it's one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, as you know, as well as one of the, um, if not the most popular Vietnam War film. Mm. Um, so, uh, for I mean, and for good reason because it, it's just it's just it's a beautiful film I mean, yeah it's it's fantastic um yeah I it's think... a great it's a great slow burner yeah you know there's obviously there's a lot of you know bombastic things that kind of go down but um especially like the beginning you know he's already like a troubled man who's uh tasked with uh, finding uh, this is he a colonel or a lieutenant yeah colonel kurtz that's it and uh you know it's really a a kind of you get to learn more about marlon brando's character through the other characters that when it gets to the end you really not only know there's going to be like one outcome really mm. and um it's yeah it's a little it's a little bit like it's more about the journey and uh and the characters you know um like we just said about platoon it's more about what's going on with them and then there's just like this amazing backdrop of this war that's going on you yeah. know um and yeah I've, obviously marlon brando's scenes were kind of cut down because didn't really want to work. I think that works though. I do, yeah. Less is more, I feel, for the character. Yeah. You know, because you you don't want to be too um sympathetic to the character and it's you all always want to be kind of on the side of and seeing through the eyes of the uh, protagonist in Martin Sheen's character. So you know, and then yeah, it's really about the the journey of like getting into it. and I really think like the, I really think that the title would have been not better as Heart of Darkness but like the it really does describe what happens yeah. you know it does describe well what what does um, transpire in the the course of the film so yeah Martin Sheen he's just he's just amazing at the you know he's he's a kind of like a broken man at this point I mean, obviously, yeah. he was in real life, so kind of lends to it. I mean, it's got a it's it's got a fantastic sort of all star cast. Oh of, yeah, of, you know, sort of um, some of the best actors of that time, um, and it's and, and you know, and it's got some some iconic m- movie moments. Um, you know, like when they're um, flying the helicopters into Ride of the Valkyrie. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, obviously. Um, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. One of the most famous movie quotes of all time. I suspect there are people who know that quote and don't, don't even know. know it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I, I definitely heard the quote before I saw the film. Yeah, you same. Know. Or it was parodied in something uh, where it was something else. Yeah. Than napalm, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but oh, yeah, yeah, it's just. It's so recognizable, quotable. Uh, you know you know things about the film even if you haven't seen it if you just know a little bit about films um you know and the direction is fantastic 
I don't know. I don't again. I, it has been a little while since we saw it, but I don't know what really kind of lets it down. I don't think there's too much that is uh, is a detriment to the film. No, neither do I really. I mean, um, we d- we watched the extended director's cut, um, and I do yeah. recall that. Um, uh, and it was the first time I'd seen it, and I do recall that in the uh um the version the sort of um uh the theatrical version basically cuts out that bit where they um stop off at that sort of um you know that that French family's house oh yeah um i do understand it does still have it in i i i'd never seen it before okay um and so it must have been um cut from the theatrical release oh okay i see it um and I and I do think I do understand why they cut that out because it does seem a bit it doesn't really add to the story at all. Not, not too much. Um, but I no I I can't think of anything wrong with it. I mean, I feel like great. maybe the the scene was to show that even in this war that there's like not civilization but there's still like an uh, an ability for like normal life mm. maybe. Because it had got it's got so crazy, mm. you know, things have got so wild, and then it's kind of brought brought home that there's there's still like normal people. Yeah, not to say normal people, but you know, uh, there's there's a a perceived normal life, uh, the ability to live a normal life in in Vietnam, which is uh, pretty much at war. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it, I don't think it added too much, but. It's a director's cut, isn't it? So it can be a little bit... could just be in there because it was shot and felt important by the director. But I see I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's too much that, that knocks it down. I don't think there's anything that's... still stood the, the test of time, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's still looked at as, like, your go-to... Like you said, a bit like Saving Private Ryan, like a go-to war film. Yeah. If someone says about the the genre, you have to watch the um, the quintessential war movie. I think you're looking at you're looking at Apocalypse Now, Saving Private Ryan. Absolutely. Um, uh, for the for the contenders of best in the the genres as a whole, not just. Not just Vietnam War films, really. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just fantastic across the board. I can't really can't really fault much of it. Again, it's been a little while since. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just a great um, it's a great film on its own. You know, like I said, it's, it's um, you know, sort of um, uh, unlike Platoon. This mm. this in this film, sort of. The war itself sort of takes a back seat. It does take a very um, in favour of this sort of singular narrative. Yeah, definitely. Takes um, so um, it's not really it, it's a Vietnam War film, but it's not really about the Vietnam War. Um, it's about this, you know. It's it's, it's about the the, the mission, um, Willard's mission. Um, so you could, you know, it, it's it's a great movie on its own in, you know, in that respect that it's sort of separate from, um, from from all all the other uh, Vietnam War movies. 
Um, I feel like uh, Apocalypse Now also has a bit of because of all of the aforementioned um, things about it, it has a bit of an aura to it. Mm. You know, like like it's bigger than the film yeah. itself. It's bigger than the sum of its own parts. That it's um, it's it's a bit more like larger than life because of how dramatic its production was and just how good everything kind of falls into place. That it kind of it doesn't over overshadow other films, but it just yeah, it just whenever you say those words, you know, like Apocalypse Now, it just has everyone has a bit of a um it has a feeling around it that everyone reacts to. Yeah. You know, whether it's you know, whether it's about the the film itself or what happened behind the scenes and stuff. But uh, it's just you can't fault any of the uh, performances or the direction or the the story, the writing. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a great film. Yeah. Isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. If I had to like, if I had to select um, one like Vietnam War movie. Um, to like go in a, a capsule, or whatever, mm. a time capsule, <laughs> the film time capsule. Um, it would be that, yeah. Um, just because of you know, just because of how fantastic of a of a of a film it is. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a bit. Um, it's a bit sort of. It doesn't romanticize war, but it, it it's a bit sort of. Um, um, I don't know how to describe it. Does maybe romanticize the bit of like uh, man versus man? Yeah, it's it, it's it's very cool. Oh yeah, what I oh, mean, yeah. It, it, you know, it, everything. It's very cool. Like it's you know, like this has got cool, the soundtrack and it's got cool music in it, yeah. and there's sort of there's lots of the soldiers are sort of smoking and yeah. taking drugs and I mean it, maybe it kind of was like that but maybe not to that degree but the 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 bit that that gets me um is when they stop off at that port or it's like a um isn't it like there's like a USO show or something yeah. from like Playboy yeah I'm just, I'm just like that. That scene gets me because how did they think that the, you know, the soldiers would react? Yeah, you know, you got <laughs> yeah. in there. You've probably got like what, like thirty thousand soldiers or twenty thousand soldiers or something, and you know, you're putting on like scantily clad ladies on show. Yeah, you know, they're at war. Did you think there was not going to be a riot? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that's that's one bit that I was just like it's 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 good in the film, but I'm also I'm also like I don't know. I'm guessing it kind of uh, brings in you know the the feeling of you know being so disconnected from the world. You kind of go again. You go a little bit like crazy when things like uh, when things happen. Obviously, the guy's been away from. Um, other human contact for so long that as soon as <laughs> as soon as you like uh, have a situation like this they're gonna they're gonna react so yeah I just the, the film is, is great overall it's just 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's an it's an interesting. Um, it's a sort of it's an interesting and a and a you know sort of frightening um, idea as well that that uh, you know that a, a soldier uh, would could just go rogue and decide that um, I'm going to like make myself a god amongst these yeah, exactly. these sort of um, local tribe people and uh, you know um, go AWOL and uh, you know sort of murder anyone who. Yeah. You become know. so very dangerous yeah that he's um, had to be hunted by his own yeah people, exactly that the, that the army have said you know that exactly he I mean, can't be left alive because in theory you'd if if you know if soldiers go AWOL and they're sort of un um you, you know the army they they wouldn't you'd think oh well, i've got they've got more important issues to 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 deal with of like, course um Whereas, but, but he's been labelled like top priority. Yeah, like they like that, is that. Which is yeah, they've they've. Which is why they've got Willard, and they've said, look, we need you to go into the the you know um, deep into the jungle and find this this rogue colonel and assassinate him. Um, so uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a frightening thing where it's just you, you become the US military's top priority well not top priority you know but such a priority that, that during a war they're going to try and capture you and well I think the initial is to capture but then I think after a while it's just kill yeah I think I can't remember what Harrison Ford says uh, but yeah it's um, it's a great film and it kind of you know Obviously, this was a uh, an early, one well, earlier Vietnam War film than the others, but it kind of it spawned a lot of um, takes. Mm. You know, it spawned a lot of um, uh, a lot of directors. Uh, it sparked a bit of imagination when it came to having Vietnam as the setting or having Vietnam as the actual uh, case matter. When it came to films of the of the time, I know we, there was obviously there's more Vietnam War films that came out post that, and it's uh, definitely been not parodied but kind of imitated since. Yeah, apparently George Lucas was going to direct it originally. Oh really? Can you imagine that? <laughs> I don't know what that would have been like. I mean, uh, you know, they well they probably would have stopped off at. Like one of the the many sort of ports they stop off, um, there, was, there were like Ewoks there. You know. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like Martin Sheen pulls up and he's just like, "What are these droids doing?" Here? Yeah, it's just like Anthony Daniels <laughs> and Ken, Kenny Baker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Marlon Brando is replaced by a digital Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James Earl Jones as <laughs> Lieutenant Curtis. Yeah, uh, mate. That's yeah. That would have been so weird. Um, I think. I think it only really comes together because uh, I think Francis Ford Coppola is is the best of the three to get the character performances out of the cat the actors. Mm. Um, yeah. Although you know. Kubrick and Oliver Stone are amazing directors. 
but if you want if your uh, film is about the characters and the and the backdrop and uh, everything else that's going on is secondary then you'd probably you probably go for Coppola you know I agree absolutely this I mean yeah character wise That's not to take anything the from the rest of yeah. the other directors but if you if you're you know because this film is about one man trying to track down and kill another man you know not to boil it down too simply but that, but... Is, that is that's like, that is what it's about but then yeah. you know if it's about those characters then you can't you can't have the the other aspects of the film yeah um overtake or uh, take away from that character development mm. um, because it's got to have impact with what happens in the end so I think it's a good choice that they didn't go for George Lucas and that it was as Coppola who directed um, you know obviously I know a lot of them wish they hadn't done it but yeah, yeah. I kind of you know we're kind of glad that they did um but yeah, it's if you had to watch one of the three again, but then never watch the other two, what would you pick? Wow. Um, well, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Just because, like I said, I just think um, on its own, it's a it's a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, I'd. I'd, I'd I think Platoon's the best Vietnam War film. I think Kubrick's the best director. Yep. Um, but for me, Apocalypse Now is is my favourite, and it's the best. Um, it's the best film of the three. Not necessarily the best film about Vietnam, but it's just overall the best movie. Yeah, I'll probably say exactly the same. <laughs> what a shocker! I never want to watch Platoon again. <laughs> And I think I would only watch Full Metal Jacket again as a sort of um, as a a part of as like a study of filmmaking, a a case study on auteur filmmaking of Stanley Kubrick. Or if I was doing like if I was having a Kubrick marathon or something, which um, whereas Apocalypse Now is just it's just a great film that I would that I would watch. um, You know, I'd happily watch again um, anytime. Um, So yeah. Yeah, so three very, three very different, despite the sort of um, similar subjects. Yeah, this, and the, the, three very different films in terms of terms of style and tone and direction. Um, but um, you know, sort of, um, you got the uniqueness of Full Metal Jacket, the um, the bleakness of Platoon, and the sort of um, the the cool atmosphere atmospheric aura mm. of apocalypse now um yeah but i i mean f- yeah for me personally they are the three quintessential vietnam war films that, that that's the sort of holy trinity yeah with honorable mentions to the deer hunter and good morning vietnam again which are very different yeah um takes you know they're not they're not similar in really any other way than their their setting. But yeah, honourable mentions to those. And uh, 
and for me we 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 were soldiers uh, Mel Gibson uh, I just I just remember a lot of cinematography from that and um that is a pretty much a a scenario mm. film like mm. it's a bit like yeah to borrow um a term from our doctor who podcast it's a lot of a bit of a base under siege but the base is just like an area yeah so it's sure. it's, it's just like a hill i think yeah have you seen um, um rescue dawn no i have christian noticed. bale no um yeah that's another really good um film but that's more of a um again even though it's set in Vietnam during the Vietnam War, that's more of a like a um, um, a sort of prison escape, and then sort of um, you sort of surviving in the jungle. Yeah, it's more of a sort of survival movie than mm. a, than a, a war movie. Yeah, um, but that's another good one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the other thing as well is, and again, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't seen many. I could probably count the amount of Vietnam War films I've seen on on my, um, with my fingers. Yeah. But, um, there no two are the same. Yeah, I mean, we've said about there being similarities, and yeah, you know, if uh, if you want to be very critical, that the middle of Full Metal Jacket just is a bit what you'd imagine a typical. Vietnam War film yeah. to 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 do yeah. to feel like, um, but yeah. But there are so many like, um, World War One films, World War Two films. Um, there are so many films that are, are like very similar. Mm. You know, whereas I can't think of. T- whereas Vietnam War films, for me personally, based on the ones that I've seen, are all very different. Yeah. Um, in their own way mm. so uh, yeah but I guess that's you know I guess that's because they're you sort of they've interpreted in in a different way by mm. by the writers and, and the directors yeah I think by directors that all have a very personal but different take on the Vietnam War Whereas I think with World War Two movies and other war films, doesn't really just have to be World War Two or World War One. I. I feel like it was uh, the directors of those movies. They might have personal connection to it, um, but they they didn't really kind of live through the times. Yeah, you know, um, they didn't really live through the the immediate impacts of those wars. Obviously, World War One and Two and Vietnam—they're extreme polar opposites mm. of, uh, you know, tact or um, progression or overall goals. But you know, the directors of these films, these three films in particular, they—they all—they all kind of lived the times. Or actually, you know, in Oliver Stone's yeah. case, was in Vietnam. Yeah. You weren't there, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it's a different it's a different take, and I think that's why Vietnam War films of that period of this kind of ten years, and then yeah. maybe a little bit later, yeah. are very unique because they you've lived through and experienced what uh, society is like and what the war is like firsthand. 
so absolutely that's why i think it's these films are so different to anything else the genre is different to anything else as well um but yeah why we we chose these these particular three movies and uh, they're just they're just great in all their in all their unique ways and uh this as bleak as it is there's, there's something for, for you know film fans who are just interested in in the genre um because they are so different in uh, certain ways you'll get something different out of each do you think Forrest Gump counts as a Vietnam War film? Ooh. Yes. Enough of it takes place in Vietnam. And, you know... and It's it, got political statements about it as well. The stuff that doesn't happen in Vietnam yeah. is about Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, a lot like of the it, protests yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, so there's... You know, you're, you're talking about multiple scenes that pertain to the, the war itself. Mm, mm. So, yeah, although it, you know, tracks through the... Uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Might be wrong. Might just be 60s to the 90s. But yeah, I feel like um, Forrest Gump is a is a Vietnam War film. Shrimp salad, <laughs> shrimp cocktail, <laughs> shrimp shoes, shrimp tea. You can put shrimp in a sandwich. <laughs> shrimp crisps, <laughs> shrimp toast. <dogs. laughs>